0: Welcome back to another episode of the BBC Show brought to you by AdStage. I'm your host, J.D. Prater. And this week, we're joined by a special friend of mine, Joe Martinez, the Director of Paid Media and Community at Granular. And we're going to be talking about how to create non-boring text ads. And this is something that we see so often whenever we are searching on Google, is multiple ads saying the exact same thing. So how do you stand out? Well, Joe's going to be walking us through how to use ad customizers, business data fees to create ads that have never been seen before. So they're going to be completely new unique to your users, to the people searching, so we can get rid of those same headlines. So as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and many more. But let's get to the show. Joe, welcome to the BBC show. JD, thank you for having me again again i know this is the first time that you and i have spoken but you're back on again
1: i am i love to be on i love to talk to you we're we're gonna have a good time let's see how much we actually talk about before instead of just fool around
0: (laughs) i guess i should also preface uh i actually have talked to you before so this isn't my first time to talk to you Uh, oh yes
1: yes (laughs) Uh, officially through the pbc show talk
0: that's a good clarification it is a good clarification but uh We brought Joe on today. He's gonna be talking to us about uh, non-boring text ads and how you guys can take advantage of that. But uh, before we hop right into it, Joe, give us a quick introduction, who you are, where you're working, and and what you got going on.
1: Sure. Uh, You already got my name, Joe Martinez. I live and work in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I work for Granular. We are in Milwaukee, on Milwaukee Street. Um, (laughs) We're just a paid media-only agency. You can't say anything biddable. Uh, that we, we can do it for clients and we, we do it all the time. Um, other than that, about me. I, I don't know. I've just been a PPC guy. I love to speak. I love to write, try to do it as much as possible. Um, and that's pretty much my life that if you want a little bit more about me. It's pretty much that my family, Star Wars and, and music so you can sum up my life in like four topics. I mean, that's boring. <laughs>
0: nice so a very typical ppc nerd uh joe also earned uh number eight on the top 25 ppc influencers put out by Hannepin this last year so congratulations man on that uh top award it really shows all those uh all that writing all that speaking all those webinars podcasts all those things that you do are having some uh some good effect within the within the community so congrats man
1: no thank you i appreciate it and you were on the list too so i'm we got to bring that up too. It's, it's good to be on the list with you and a bunch of other smart people that like before I even started doing any writing or speaking at all, I was looking at, you know, looking up to a lot of the people who are on the list. So it's now it's cool that you can call my friends instead of just people I randomly stalk on Twitter.
0: That's right, man. That's one thing that's great about the PPC uh, community is uh, how quickly we can all become friends, you know, just like one conference and then all of a sudden we're all best friends. So yep. it's it's pretty good stuff. But I mean, um uh, Instead of we tweet,
1: now we just text each other. So. It's, you
0: know. <laughs> or Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, yeah. Joe. Yeah, it's a, trust me, I do work in between all that. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, all right, man. So talk to us. Um, you know, non-boring text ads. So we know that text ads are changing. Um, we're actually recording this on the, the same day that Google just had their big Google marketing, uh, kind of like, what is it? Their, their summit and they just announced kind of the responsive text ads where you can create, you know, 15 headlines and all these different types of descriptions, which is pretty exciting when you kind of think about it. I know it's been in beta for a while, but whenever we think about the rest of 2018, like what are some things that are out there now that we have at our disposal that we can help create those non-boring text ads?
1: Yeah. I mean, just the word even on Twitter and just internally, we're talking here at Granular too, is just that you see the direction of where things are going. Where it's less control for the actual experienced marketer and Google really kind of taking over that. We'll still be in charge of the creative and all that stuff that we can add, but you know it's the fear that's coming out of you know, everything's gonna be automated. We're gonna lose control over everything and the whole smart, whatever how many variations of smart different type of campaigns that they're gonna release. I mean, it, it's coming and a lot of it's already out there. But even if you're control freak, I'll admit I'm still a control freak itself. I love to do everything myself, we still have. A lot of cool features out there now that people don't use a lot to really make some of those dynamic and different ads that users can see something different every time, you know, depending on who that user is. So we can have some of that control right now um, kind of backtrack a little bit, too. I started collecting pictures for blogs and hopefully future presentations. I want to talk about this topic a lot is I love doing screen graphs of when I'm doing, either competitive research, or just looking for the hell of it, uh, finding all four text ads at the top of a page to have the exact same keyword or keyword phrase as their first headline. I love seeing that. It's funny. Um, you know, I, I I definitely do it because sometimes it just flat out works. Uh, but then you look at, you know, wonder why this ad doesn't work. Oh yeah, because every single other ad (laughs) in the search results has the exact same headline and it's just bad looking marketing when you see like a really good brand, and then they're selling like the headline of golf clubs for sale, you know, no crap, you know, that's why the user looked at it. So we, we could do a lot better with those text ads. And, you know, I love to use a combination of between either business data feeds or uh, if statements and those if customizers to really make an impact on what we can do. And we could probably, I don't know, break that down and JD you can pitch into which one maybe you think we should go after first. Um, Cause a lot of it is going to, be a, a way for us to customize our ads. We can still have control over that message and who's seeing all these ads, but it's a way for us to serve up an ad that no competitor will ever be able to replicate unless they have your business data and your same audiences, which pretty much they won't do that. So um, which yeah. one do you think we should kick off with first?
0: Yeah, well, let's let's address one thing too, is uh, why, why do we all put the same headline, right? And I think this part of it is because whenever we have built out these really granular ad groups, right, we're really focusing on that keyword and we have a a group of keywords within this ad group. And we know that in order to get a really great, you know, quality score, we have to have maybe that keyword mentioned in the headline and it also has to be on the landing page. And so part of that has been this indoctrination that has come from AdWords in order to get us those quality scores that we're all kind of chasing because, Um, I was on a webinar with a closed loop for SEM rush, and he was showing us the data of how much um, quality score impacts your cost per click. And man, I mean, it it was just shocking how much we're paying uh, when you have these low quality scores. So it's like, well, fine, I have a low quality score. I'm going to put the keyword in the headline, right? And what you end up doing is the same thing as your competitors because they're all doing the exact same thing. So uh, I'm with you on that one. But, um, I think you brought up an amazing point. You can now create an ad that no one can replicate yeah. with using but, these if statements, using the business data feeds.
1: Yeah, and you could still be relevant to what the user was searching for, but make something new, make something different. Test out at least one variation. If you need to have that evergreen keyword headline one in there that performs well, go for it. More power to you. I understand if it's working, but let's we got to try something different here. Um, you know, looking back, I know that's the biggest thing we've seen is people fear of, Oh, I need to have it. It's my relevancy score. We've definitely seen that, but it's funny. We also used to look too, because your keywords used to show up bold in the ad and it makes a difference. Note that I said used to, it doesn't do that anymore. So (laughs) your keywords aren't going to really pop out in your ads anymore, you know, in the main headlines like they used to. So uh, you know, going for one, too, as we see the focus on audiences and users, that's where the if statements can have a huge impact. So I can, within the same ad, say, you know, users who visited my website before, they're in one audience, they can see this headline. And then everyone else who's not in that audience can see a different headline. So I can switch up that ad message a little bit and just look at all the different audiences we can create, you know, even within the default AdWords interface, everything from people who've interacted with your YouTube videos, everything like that. Look in all the different audiences you can create within Google Analytics. You know, every single thing that you could view within Analytics can pretty much be created into an audience. So we can speak to those users. We can switch it up by their mobile device. We can look at, you know, event actions. I've spoken about this a lot of times with you know, everything that you can record in Tag Manager and create those events. We can remarket to users and speak to them based on the last actions that they've taken. So then I can change up my ad message to those users, kind of get a semi understanding of where they are in the funnel and try to get them to the next step of what we want them to do without being over aggressive. So we're not marketing to someone who's interacting with your brand the first time versus someone who has already been on your website, you know, 10, 15 times, or maybe even might be a a previous customer who's already familiar with your brand. So within the same ad, we can switch up that message and still be relevant to what the user is doing, but just speaking to them differently and trying to see what type of click-through rate differences we can get.
0: Yeah, let's, let's break it down. So let's start with the if statements. You kind of gave, um, a lot of great examples there around not only just the, what we can do, but also the audiences that we can build. We know that that one's an, a huge part with a lot of our ads, but, uh, kind of break it down. If people are not used to if statements, what they are, how to use them, uh, give us like kind of a, a high level view of like how they even get started with those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you're creating your standard, text ads within the AdWords interface, um, you can just trigger it by doing the open face curly bracket. So it's, you know, if, you, if you're if you looking on, it's one of the uh, alternative buttons, you know, on the square brackets. So you click that off and you, there's if statements and the button actually pops up because Google, ad, Google ads, yeah, I'm still going to say AdWords, so forgive me for that one. You know, Google ads will show you, You know the if statements that you can create and there's pretty much a a step-by-step option of What we could show so pretty much I can look at My options that I have created if user is in this audience or If they're on this device and those are going to show up right away on Google I can select one of those so if the audience is and I I always go back to YouTube that's one of the ones I like to test out a lot is a user who has watched a video at all, whether it was embedded on my site, whether it was part of a YouTube ad, I have audiences created for those, for all my clients who are doing video. So I can say, if the user has watched any video whatsoever, since I have that audience created within Google Analytics, I could say, show them a headline of, you've seen the video, now try it yourself. Because I've known they've been interested in my brand. If they haven't seen any of my videos, I'm putting up a message that's saying, you know. do you want to give it a try? Almost planting a seed, because I know they haven't seen the video, but I still don't know necessarily what other actions they've taken. So all within the same ad, I'm speaking to differently to the users who watch the video, and I'm calling out that they've seen the video. So it's kind of making that psychological connection to that user who might be like, oh yeah, I did see that video of that brand. Oh, that was a cool product. So I can maybe switch up also my ad extensions too, to kind of speak to that user. Um, and then in itself, everyone else is just going to be more introductory until I really know where that user is in the funnel. And then I can kind of segment those audiences out a little bit more. So that's how we can do that. And a little long winded there, I apologize, but Google ads does a really good job of kind of doing that step by step of you selected this. Now here are your options and it's really easy.
0: (laughs) Already using the Google ads term. Wow. Um, This guy, this guy is fully on the rebrand. So (laughs) I'm still stuck on AdWords, but, uh, one thing I had a question for you which is just kind of like a follow up. Whenever you're creating all these audiences and you're trying to target them within all of your ads, are you creating different ad groups for every single audience in order to make sure that the right one is served to the right person?
1: Yeah, that, that's one of those, oh, here we go. He's a, a PVC buzz term. I'm going to say into pads. Um, a lot of the stuff I'm kind of testing out in my ad groups that are already structured, um, I don't have a lot of RL. RLSA campaigns broken out anymore. I'm kind of using those audiences within uh, the certain ad groups themselves, um, unless I really have a segmented message where I want to break out that to its own landing page. So I kind of look at what audiences are there, and specifically, if we're talking about if statements, we are talking about RLSA. We are using those audiences in search, and you have to have at least a thousand users in that audience group to even have that audience even be visible or even applicable to use within our search ad. So that volume of what that audience is, that's really determining if I'm gonna break that out into its own. So you know, there's could be a lot of good times where I wanna target this audience different, but I just can't because I don't have the volume. Um, so I, I honestly look at what I already have first, and if I'm seeing a lot of good activity, and I'm seeing these new ads are really working well, then that'll give me an idea, okay, I'm gonna test breaking this out into this own ad group, or maybe even its own campaign. If, from the budget control perspective Um, but that's one of those, it depends, but first thing I'm always going to look at is going to be the volume of that audience first.
0: Gotcha, cool, cool. So for those listening, um, you know, one of the ways that you could do this, you could break out an RLSA campaign and you could have different ad groups for audiences if you really wanted to match it up and be really granularly specific. What Joe's talking about is he's actually just adding those audiences to his current ad groups and then using the if statements to then call out that audience. So yep. it's a slightly different way to, to do it. You can still get the same information, you'll still get the same granularity. But again, um, it kind of just depends on how big that audience is and if you're, how much control you're wanting over it.
1: Yeah, it's I, I typically leave my audiences in the observation which used to be known as the bid only. One, it's just great when we'll get that impression share data once you you can segment by your audience types so we can see what, you know, how the audience is performing for each one. Um, And then if I get different data in in terms of, you know, depending on what your goals are, if it is more traffic and reach versus conversion focus, then we can kind of see, you know, what's important and should we be breaking it out. And again, it's one of those, it depends, it all depends on what kind of traffic you get and your campaign goals and how you want to market to each of those users.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about some business data feeds. Uh, oh. what do you got for us there?
1: Oh, it's where do I begin JD? So much to talk about. Um, I wrote a blog for search engine land, uh, about a couple months ago that talked about this specific product where you can go and get the business data feed. So it's a, a feature within AdWords itself. Uh, it's going to be within the shared library where you can kind of upload this template yourself. And it's, Very customizable. So when you get the initial business data feed, it's not like a merchant center feed where these headlines have to be exactly this, this format has to be exactly this way. We have a lot of control of what we want in this business data feed. So you can upload a variety of different things. This is going to be probably a lot more beneficial for e-commerce clients. Um, You can upload anything from, you know, if you want to call out your your, uh, list prices versus your sale prices, if it's, you know, part of a, a weekend sale. Um, you can upload anything specific of how many you've sold, how many you have in your inventory, um, a lot of different other options and it can be pretty much any information about your product that you could use. So when you upload it into AdWords, we have the option again, through some of these statements and how we can do these ad customizers and you open it up with that curly brace within your text ads, just like you do with your, uh, if statements, you know, we can call it a lot of cool different features based on your own product inventory that you don't have to manually type out every time. And as you update the information in your business data feed, the ad will automatically update as well because you're updating your feed. So if you want to do this through an API or you just want to manually create it with Google Sheets and update that information, you can actually update the information straight up within the Google Ads interface now. Um, and it's been like that for a while. Uh, if you haven't noticed already, your ad extensions are already living in feeds. So you can update your ad extensions within the ads interface in those feeds as well. It's kind of that same feature. So you now how we, we try to use it a lot is a lot of that marketing psychology This is really, really good for. So we can use, you know, as your products and their prices might change frequently, you know, maybe not the list price, but the sales price might change. We can use something where we toss up an ad saying, you know, looking for this specific T-shirt. It's normally 15 bucks. Get it on sale for $8. And that $8 price might change frequently, but since we have it automatically updating within our business data feed, we can constantly run that framing type ad where we're showing the expensive price, but saying you can get it on sale, and then that price will automatically change. And I don't have to worry about creating different text ads or pausing a certain weekend one and uploading a new one for the next sale and all that stuff. It just saves a lot of time if you can do that initial work up front.
0: Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, cool. So when we're talking about like business feeds, you 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 called out kind of like e-commerce, retail. Um, can you think of any examples about how like maybe B2B people out there might be able to take advantage of this?
1: Yeah, yeah. We we've done some stuff for more again of that marketing psychology and the social proof. So we have a SaaS related, a few SaaS related clients where we can test this out on uh using, you know, from a subscription standpoint and still speaking to that overall uh, the user base who might not be leery. It is a more expensive product. It's a longer sales cycle using that sales proof of, you know, over you know, 500,000 customers are already using us and we can constantly update that number. And so again, we don't have to continually change our tech stats. We're using that number as well. Um, you know, more of even just how many people we've helped this week, you know, we can use that sort of social proof of, Hey, all these people are using us this week strictly for, you know, maybe like lawn care services or that whole type of uh, smaller B2B type businesses. We can use that data to kind of show them how many people that we're currently helping within your area. Um, there are some of those ad location type messaging that we could do, if, depending if you don't really segment your data. but Because you can, in the business data feed, call out which specific campaigns and ad groups you might want to apply these ad customizers to. Um, you don't have to. Those are optional columns. But I can call out if you are segmenting your campaigns or ad group by location, you can do some of that localized messaging. And again, you can import whatever information you want into your business data feed, but you can call out some of that localized only services. So when you have that messaging in certain campaigns and everything, you can just show specific location type messages and control that all through a feed instead of having to change your ads every single time.
0: Gotcha. Pretty cool. That sounds awesome. So outside of, um, you talked about like services, you talked about like locations and pricing. Is there anything else um, that you can do with these business data feeds?
1: It's pretty much up to your imagination of what product information or even your service information you think your users would like. Um, And this is, you know, it's going to be different depending on all your industry. I think, again, e-commerce is the easiest way to use this. B2B, it's kind of maybe look at your, the pain points of what your users like and what are the specific features. You might already be calling that out a little bit within your ad extensions. So maybe just look at your ad extension performance and come up with a way that you can customize that message within the main headlines and how would that message change you know, depending on if your products change or potentially who that audience is. And you might want to show, again, with a combination of the uh, if statements, what message would you want to show in from those users and how that product information might change? And what might be important value to your user? If it is the actual customer service aspect, you might have a different message there. If it's the actual product features that the users care about, then I'd focus on creating some custom messages and dynamic messages based off of those.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Cool. Well, we talked about some if statements. We talked about some business data feeds as far as some ad customizers so we don't have boring text ads. Um, what else do you got for us? Any other um, tips and tricks for us that we should be using? Yeah, I, I know I kind of briefly mentioned a lot of the stuff
1: within Google Analytics. So I think a lot of Google Analytics is going to have a lot of cool data of how you should be Reaching your users or what your current audience likes to do. So, I know we've been talking about text ads a lot, but you can switch up your non boring ads as well if we switch it to display a little bit. You know, we, we get cool audience insights um, within the initial audience tab. You can look at your in market audiences and you can look at your affinity audiences to kind of see everyone who's already coming to your website or your landing pages what kind of buckets do they fit into? And we can look at what their other interests are, so we can maybe create some cool, fun ads that not only speak about here are our products, you know, buy now, buy now, or even from a boring remarketing ad, we really try to just cram that sale down the user's throat. But maybe we could just instead of just forcing that all the time, we can look at what the user, what other buckets those users fall into, and maybe we give us better options to target where we should be targeting those users, and then what type of maybe fun messaging we can put in front. So if you're I had a client that's did a lot in, in the past with you know overall vehicles and their motorcycles and cars. It wasn't a dealership, but it was more of just a you know a, a automotive type company. And we found out that people in the automotive industry um, that we were just pretty much blanketing out the same boring type motorcycle and car ads to they also were huge into movies. And we kind of looked at what typically was popular at the time for movies, so we can create a, a fun ad that kind of spoke to popular movies, whether it was a Fast and the Furious thing that came out that triggered those types of users and allowed us to design a more fun ad than just a, hey, here's an example of a few of our products that you can buy. It's pretty boring. So we could look at who our current audience is and what their interests are and create more fun display ads that speak to those users.
0: Nice. nice. Right. That's pretty cool, man. That's a really good example. And I think something um, that we'll have to touch on for sure is really like the, the strategy that you guys are employing by looking at the data. So it's really cool to see like kind of these, uh, at least data informed decisions um, as far as you, when you guys think about how you guys are running creative and how you guys are running your search ads. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. As you kind of uh, move into 2018? So we're about, you know, we're halfway through the year, right? Yep. What are some hot takes for us, man? Like, what do you got, you know, like, what do you think is gonna happen in the next six months? We just had the Google announcements earlier this morning. But, you know, like, what do you think we should all be on the lookout for? Yeah,
1: I, I think it's clear that Google is looking to take more control. And this isn't anything new, uh, but I think they made a firm statement with majority of the stuff that they talked about today uh, during the keynote. So I, I think it's going to be important for any marketer, whether you're in-house or an agency, have to, have to, to kind of prove our worth we actually have to be better marketers we just can't be implementers um, and whether it's you know I'm not saying that the, the robots are coming to take our jobs that we're not going to have jobs and you know in the matter of six months or anything it's not like that at all but we need to actually be marketers we need to actually look at the entire strategy and how is the paid aspect going to help them implement that strategy and I think that stuff is going to be more important than ever and you just kind of mentioned too of how you know, we're using the data within the analytics to look at the creative. That's the part where we still have control of. With all these smart campaigns coming out, whether it's, you know, looking at the smart search or the responsive search ads or any of the smart display ads, you know, we have control over the headlines and the images that we're using. And we still have control over, you know, some, some of uh, you know the messaging that we're putting in front of these users. And that's where I think where our worth is going to have to be. And we're going to have to become better at it. We're going to have to really help guide those users and statements because we won't have to really implement a lot of stuff anymore. And so we're going to have to be almost, you know, the, the consultants, the, you know, the high level strategy people who can guide these and still be very familiar with the tools to know how to optimize them and know what's working or not. And part of that responsibility does come on Google. If they want to give us that information to know what's working or not, that is the question mark where I don't have the answer to. We'll just have to see what comes.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I I totally agree with you there. I mean, strategists aren't going anywhere. The people that I'm most worried about are really these implementers are really the people that are stuck in inside spreadsheets as well that are trying to analyze this data. I mean, look at what machines, look at what robots are really good at. They're really good at aggregating data. They're really good at putting together this information and building models off of it, but they're not so great at like, writing text ads right i mean we saw this with google's examples you know if you haven't turned those off in your own account please go do so and then you think about how you're even implementing business data feeds and if statements again they can't do that and how you're using analytics to inform ad creative again they're just not there yet yeah that's where i think we as the strategists we as um also just the amount of information that we have right and how we're able to put it all together. It's not that Google doesn't have that information or can't put it together. It's just they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things too. I, I run some smart campaigns. I'm always testing
1: this stuff out. There's a lot of issues with it. It's not perfect. It's far from, in my opinion. But to have that mentality of it's going to be far from perfect you know, for many years down to come, I think is. I hate to be blunt, I think it's pretty stupid. Um, the technology will get there. I don't think it'll ever be perfect, but it it, it will get pretty damn good uh, down the road. They're gonna get that data, they're gonna find out that user behavior. Um, and you know, it's our job if you really wanna be ahead is to really kind of figure out your role and kind of look ahead of where this industry is going. And I'm not gonna get numb to it. I complain about it, you know, like you said, because it can hurt some campaigns now, but I think it will get there. And get there again might not be perfect but it'll get at a point where it's going to be efficient and it will work um so it's and i've always been more of a creative person anyway i came from a broadcasting background i took script writing classes so writing ads and coming up with the ad creative and stuff that's always been what i like so and again I'm i'm a big youtube guy and i love working with that creative so me i i don't know i'm happy about it if all these changes take away all the boring manual excel junk that i personally do not like to do at all um cool Then I can focus on the fun strategy stuff, create some fun ads and maybe I can, maybe I can actually shoot a video on my phone for one of my small clients and actually get paid to do that instead of adjusting bids and all that boring stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking on you if you like to do it. not knocking you at all. It's just, I'd rather work on the fun stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that is it. I'd rather work on the fun stuff. I'd rather, you know, get back to marketing rather than, you know, doing, doing this other stuff. Right. So. Um, yeah, man, I 100% agree with there. I think the people that are going to succeed are the people that know how to leverage the robots and the machines, you know, to their advantage. And so I think that's, that, that's what's going to be the key as we kind of move forward with the end 2018 and looking at some of those other hot takes. So uh, just look at what Facebook's able to do, right? I mean, they basically yep. have everything automated. And you know that Google's jealous of that because Facebook <laughs> has this <laughs> all with, I mean, think about automated budgets, automated bidding, automated ad creative, right? Automated audiences with lookalike audiences. I mean, I, I it's really easy. It's easy, right? Um, yeah. And, and I, I get results, right? And I think that's the key. As long as they're able to get results, they're going to get there. So I, I I only foresee AdWords getting more automated in helping us out there. But um, cool, man. What other, any other hot takes you want to wrap up with? Yeah, I, I, I mean kind of just reiterating what
1: I said before it's I know with all the control freaks and again I'm an admitted control freak as well I like to have you know to do as much and have that weight on and you know all the efforts I'm making but we have the options to just create better ads be a better marketer and it's more than just looking at what your competitors are doing and try to not even copy them but even try to one-up them is look at the data that you already have you know and we have that data. I don't work with any clients that have major budgets that can do this massive, expensive, you know, personality study. You know, the persona studies and all that stuff. None of my clients have that budget to do that. So we're relying on the data that we already have, and we actually do have a lot of data within analytics. And you can even use the data from your Facebook analytics, just kind of see who your current audience is, and then come up with that ad creative that speaks to those users. And you don't have to create a ton of different campaigns to do this you know we can do this within the current campaigns that we already have and we can change our message up for each of these users it's not going to be perfectly one-to-one but we can at least segment those users so even if we're not being as relevant if we're getting more clicks and we're getting more conversions because we are speaking to those users that effect is going to pretty much offset that higher cost per click that you might see and again it's just use the data and test it out you know you can't knock it if you're not even trying it. Um, and it works. It works. I'm sorry. We see the click-through rates when we're doing some of these when, oh, wow, we're actually speaking to the user where they are in that moment instead of shoving the same blanket ad message to every single person who's searching for that keyword. It's amazing what you do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true, man. Well, um, cool. Well, it sounds like that's some, some really good takeaways there as we kind of move into 2018 and to hopefully, you know, not create boring text ads. I I would even uh, echo what uh, Mark Irvine said. He had him on Wordstream about six months ago and he was just calling out that we don't even have enough ETAs running in our ad group. So go out there, add more ETAs because the more that you're adding, you know, he recommended three to four, but if you're adding four, it just gives Google more chances to optimize and to even, you know, further increase your results and your performance. So create some ads, that's one. Two, make sure you're writing great ads and using those user behaviors that you know and with all the data that you have in place because it's it's absolutely fantastic. And use those if statements. Check out business data feeds and uh, we'll make sure to link to all of Joe's uh, blog posts so you can go in and check those out and get some really good how-tos on anything else. Cool. So, Joe, thanks again, man, for coming on, talking to us about... Uh, text ads audiences and giving us a few hot takes thank you for having me it was great to be back on the ppc show always man so for everyone out there we're gonna wrap up uh with joe uh, telling us how you can uh contact him and uh connect with you
1: yeah the the uh best way for me to, to reach me is on twitter i'm on twitter religiously so it's at milwaukee ppc um that's also my instagram one but it's it's more personal. you just want BBC news. You don't have to go to me on Instagram, but that is also Milwaukee BBC. Um, and then my LinkedIn handle is going to be slash Joe Martinez. BBC. So I wasn't smart enough when I signed up for LinkedIn. I didn't do the Milwaukee BBC on that one. So that LinkedIn is another good way. I'm, I'm on fairly frequently, but you want pretty much almost a direct response. Twitter's the way to go.
0: All right. And we'll make sure to link to all of those. So for all those listening, thanks again for tuning in. We will see you guys next week. And if you are looking for some more information, head on over to blog.adstage.io and sign up for our newsletter where you can get this podcast and more. Thank you guys.